Coyotes in the city of Glendale squaring off today in court. The dispute all over money. We just got a statement from the NHL. It reads in part, the league stands by and will fully support the Arizona Coyotes in their efforts to vindicate their contractual rights in response to last night's outrageous and irresponsible action by the city of Glendale. And it's a new day full of drama for both the city and also the Coyotes. We're finding out that today is going to be the first day of depositions for both sides. And this is actually ahead of a set of hearings that'll start taking place later on this month. Now, all of this stemming from that decision last month from the city council. You may remember they voted 5-2 to cancel that $225 million deal with the Coyotes. April 2022 marked the end of an era and a relationship between the Coyotes and the city of Glendale. But June of 2015, when the city tore up their 15-year lease agreement with the team just two years after signing it, might just have been the beginning of the end. As you heard in episode two, we may never know the truth about the way things really unfolded over the last seven years but I'll do my best to shed light on how everything got to the point of a breakup and why both parties believe they're better for it. I'm your host, Chirsten Sussell, and this is PHNX The Story. The Coyotes had seemingly turned a corner when they found new owners in 2013 after going into bankruptcy. The league had controlled them for four years at this point, and credit to the city of Glendale, they gave the NHL $25 million in operating costs in the midst of it to keep the Coyotes in Arizona. There's nothing here to sugarcoat during that era, as former Glendale City spokesperson Julie Frizzoni puts it. The bankruptcy was very difficult. Um, I, I won't lie. It certainly was. But I still felt like both parties were were in it for the long term and working to try to uh, come to really positive, a really positive end game for both entities. And so that meant um, we're continuing to work together in our continued partnership. And we both wanted to be successful. So to ensure that they were successful meant that we were successful. The 15-year lease agreement shortly after seemed to echo that notion. A part of that agreement was that the Phoenix Coyotes would change their name to the Arizona Coyotes. Then co-owner and CEO Anthony LeBlanc was quoted saying, The change made sense for us since we play our games in Glendale and the city is such a great partner of ours. It really didn't seem like the relationship had taken a hit, and it was difficult, at least for me, to understand how things had gone so south in such a short time. According to Julie, it had a lot to do with some new faces working for the city. In 2012, the city had a new mayor and a new council member in, in council member Ian Hugh. And then in 2014, Councilman Lauren Tomachoff came on board and quickly the majority of the council felt like it was turning. Um, and you have to remember, they were not the ones who originally voted on the deal. They were not the ones who voted to create a sports and entertainment district. And so they were a new set of eyes and they had different thoughts and different beliefs. And so in my mind, it was during that time frame internally that I felt the relationship 
could start to change because there were some, a lot of differing opinions now on the council as to should we have ever gotten into this deal? How should it it been structured? Why was it structured the way it was? Uh, Is this really what we should be doing? And I felt that the majority of the council was switching to that perspective. There was always some doubt within city council about whether or not to approve the lease agreement from the beginning. It ended up passing with a 4-3 decision. The reality was the $225 million long-term agreement was what the Coyotes needed to survive in Glendale. But a couple years later, the city began looking for a way to get out of the deal. And to put it bluntly, their actions were shocking. Now to Coyote Ugly, the dispute over our hockey team getting more bitter by the day. And tonight, we're hearing from the woman at the center of it all. She's one of the reasons Glendale claims they can end their deal. In episode two, I told you to remember Julie Frizzoni's name. This is why. The city ended up claiming they had the right to terminate the contract based on a conflict of interest law involving former city employees Julie Frizzoni and Craig Tyndall. Tyndall was Glendale's city attorney until April of 2013, which was a few months before the city council approved that deal with the Coyotes. Frizzoni's official title was communications director during the time the agreement was reached. Both of them went on to work for the Coyotes in some capacity after leaving their positions with the city. In Julie's case, the team hired her as a consultant to work on a bid to bring the World Junior Hockey Tournament to Glendale. According to the city, both of them were significantly involved in either initiating, negotiating, securing, drafting, or creating the lease agreement, and therefore going to work for the Coyotes created a conflict of interest. But Tyndall and Frizzoni vehemently denied that they were involved in the making of the lease agreement. I only spoke with Julie for this podcast and not Tyndall, so I'm going to focus on her story specifically. Kirsten, I was absolutely shocked, flabbergasted, floored. I had worked at the city since 2002, and in my role, I was the communication director for the city. So in that role, I functioned as the spokesperson for the city. And how that would work is things would happen. There would be deals or negotiations that would be done by council, city attorney, city management. Those deals would be created. They would be relayed to me in terms of the deal points and the terms. And then I would share them with our residents and the public and the people. I was never in any of those rooms. I was never a part of a negotiation. I was never a part of dealing with the attorneys and talking about deal points. It was ludicrous. It was appalling. Um... I was not involved in any way, shape, or form. It was a blatant lie. It was a blatant falsehood in an attempt for the city to try to renegotiate that contract. The idea that Julie Frisoni was somehow acting, you know, against the city of Glendale's interest is 
it's comical. It's so laughable. And yet they were floating this out there. And that was the pretext for tearing up a business agreement that they had just signed two years earlier. In the end, the city got what they wanted. The Coyotes backed out of the legal fight, despite seemingly having the case to win it, and agreed on a settlement to remain in Glendale for the next two seasons. From then on, they operated on a year-to-year basis. I talked to five legal experts at the time, Chirsten, and they all told me that the Coyotes had the better case. What I think happened was, at that point, the NHL was like, enough. We'll go year to year. Let's try and figure out another solution. It's not working economically out there anyway. I don't think they wanted to fight the lawsuit at that point. When you have five legal experts telling you, no, the Coyotes have the better case here, I really wanted to see it play out. I, I, I guess I understood why they didn't want to, you know, who, who knows how long that would have dragged out, how much it would have cost. I, I don't know. The question that remains is, was it all worth it? It was a move that had put the team's future in Arizona in jeopardy and not only upset their former employees and the Coyotes franchise, but residents and fans. Here's one fan that showed up to a city council meeting in the midst of it to have a word with them. Hi, my name is Rhonda Pearson. I reside in North Phoenix, and mainly this is directed at you, Mayor Wires. I'm curious because I go to all Coyotes games because I've been a season ticket holder for several years now. Full season, not a half season, not a partial season, full season. I've seen you at game, so many games, a number of times sporting a jersey that looks just like this one with Mayor on the back and the number one on the back. How much did you pay for your jersey? How much did you pay for your tickets for those games? Because I know I paid a hell of a lot more than you did. I support this team. You don't. You don't show up to games and pay for your tickets. None of you do. Why, why were you at the Super Bowl? Because you didn't buy a ticket. Someone gave you tickets. Uh, what happened to all the events that comes with the Super Bowl? The NFL moved them to Scottsdale because of you. Look at all these people who showed up supporting this team last minute. I hauled butt down the, down the road. Please don't give me a speeding ticket, officer. I hauled butt to get here so I can speak my mind. Because I support this team. It's you that doesn't support any sport in this city. Not football and certainly not hockey. What you're doing is childish, it's pathetic, and it's just disrespectful to the citizens who voted you in office and for all of us that spent so much time and energy supporting this team when you never did. I have spoken to so many people over the course of the last seven years since this has happened. Um, they, they've lost so much respect and credibility in the business world. I know zoning attorneys who will not bring cases to the city of Glendale because they feel like they can't be trusted. Um, I have I have notes from during the time when this all happened where attorneys have said, if Glendale prevails, they're giving notice to future contracting parties that they will seek to find ways out of agreements that a subsequent council finds unattractive. As I noted previously, this surely harms their brand. And he goes on to say, if I were representing a party considering entering into a contract with the city of Glendale, I would have to tell them that they have a very particular risk of the city reneging on the ground that a court might defer to the city 
under some statute like the present one. So whatever they gained, and I believe they do feel like they've gained because they have a better agreement in their perspective. I think the city of Glendale came out as definitely one of the losers by tarnishing certainly their reputation. Lost in the drama with the city is the fact that ICE Arizona, the group that purchased the Coyotes in 2013, was going through their own separate issues. In June of 2014, their former political advisor sued them for going back on a sponsorship deal, and they ended up reaching a settlement. By December, the group sold a controlling interest in the team to a hedge fund manager by the name of Andrew Barraway. By 2017, he was the sole owner of the team, and a lot changed that year. John Chaika replaced Don Maloney as general manager, becoming the NHL's youngest GM at the age of 26. In 2017, it was Chaika who decided not to re-sign the franchise's hero, Shane Doan. Doan ended up retiring, but not on his own terms. Here's a clip from his retirement press conference. It is what it is, and uh, I don't think there is any possible way that I was going to be happy. Like, if they were to say that, you know, so if when it ends, it's very rarely is everyone happy about it. So you just understand the day, that's the way it goes. Nobody likes endings, um, and when it's not your way of ending it, then it's you really don't like it, but you understand that that's what happens lots of times. That same year, Dave Tippett was replaced by Rick Tockett as head coach. Oh, and also in 2017, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman released a statement about the consistent economic losses the Coyotes had been suffering and said, quote, the Arizona Coyotes must have a new arena location to succeed. The Coyotes cannot and will not remain in Glendale. The team was trying to work out a deal to move elsewhere in the Valley, but owner Andrew Barraway was also public about his willingness to leave Arizona if they weren't able to find a new home here. The city points to these comments as to when things started to shift for them. Why would I want to be in partnerships with somebody who is constantly criticizing our community. I mean, it'd be like breaking up with your, you know, with your, with your girlfriend or spouse and then going on Facebook and criticizing them, hoping that they'll take you back. Kevin Phelps, who was a part of making the decision to end the relationship with the Coyotes once and for all, was hired as city manager in February of 2016, less than a year after the lease agreement debacle. He was transparent with me that when he started working for the city, it was his priority to repair relationships that had previously been hurt. You know, when I laid out some of my goals and objectives to the council, I would say uh, at a higher level, there were a number of, of what I would call fractured relationships uh, that the city had with key stakeholders that I felt needed to be uh, repaired and, and focused on. Uh, one was with the Arizona Cardinals and the team owner, Michael Bidwell. Uh, the city had failed to execute on prior agreements in the past, and I think there was, um, uh, you know, less than a positive relationship. And so I focused on trying to uh, rebuild that relationship up. Uh, we had a couple others uh, in the business community, and then, of course, we had the Coyotes. So I was really trying to work on three or four different fronts 
of, um, of fortifying the relationship and really focusing on the future. Phelps also made it his goal to get a new long-term deal done with the Coyotes. But like I said, things began to shift when the team and the league became vocal that long-term was no longer in their future. As I got into my year two, year three, year, year four of being here, um, there was a continual um, mantra being stated by the, the Coyotes that Glendale was not going to be a permanent um, uh, situation for them and that they were going to, at some point in time, we should expect them to pack up their bags and to leave. And so then that really forced me to contemplate, all right, what does the future look like if the Coyotes aren't a tenant at the arena? And, um, and so we started exploring that, um, you know, internally as a team, because you want to be prepared for things that will come your way. In doing that, you know, we saw that, uh, the, you know, that it wasn't necessarily um, a, bad, uh, a bad situation if the Coyotes were to leave. So we just determined uh, really about uh, just over two years, or just under two years ago, that we need to make one last run at securing them to a long-term uh, agreement. And so I sent a letter in October of 2020 um, and, you know, and said, I really would like to see um, our, the arena manager and the Coyotes to make a really good run at, 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 at a long-term relationship because we felt we had to move forward with our plans. If they're not going to be here, we need to be making changes and, and making investments back into the arena and I didn't have the luxury of waiting two years, five years, seven years on this interim, you know, kind of month-to-month, year-to-year kind of arrangement. By then, the Coyotes were already under new ownership once again. Barraway sold the franchise to billionaire entrepreneur Alex Morello in 2019, who named Javier Gutierrez president and CEO. In December of 2020, Phelps checked back in on negotiations about a new long-term lease, and according to him, the conversation didn't necessarily go well. I had a conversation with our arena manager, uh, with Javier Gutierrez and Pat Murphy from the the Coyotes, uh, on December 30th. I wanted to see how the progress was going. It was then um, stated that um, that the Coyotes, this is coming from the Coyotes, that they were not interested in a deal anything longer than a three-year deal with perhaps one or two one-year options, but that's all they were interested in pursuing. At that time, then, what I said to uh, the Coyotes, I said, so, I said, well, that doesn't, you know, that won't work for the city of Glendale, and so just so, so you fully understand what, where our position is at is if we're unable to reach an agreement on a long-term deal, the city does not have any intent to extend the uh, lease agreement beyond June of 2022. So that was 18 months ago. And, um, at that, and so when I made that comment, uh, Javier got a little bit agitated and said, are you telling me that if we don't, uh, if we don't you know, sign a long-term lease, that in 18 months I've got to be figuring out a new place for the, the Coyotes to play? And I said, I said, yes, that is correct. I, I, think, I, I think I owe it to you to tell you what we're thinking. He then says, well, you're playing hardball and trying to extort 
uh, us in the negotiation. I responded to him that if I were trying to, you know, to get, gain the upper hand in the negotiation, I would wait until December 31st of 21 to notify them we weren't extending the lease in six months. Because then they would have only had 180 days to prepare for their move. That would have been playing hardball, I told him. I said, no, my intent is if I'm in your shoes, I would want to know what the intent of the city is. It's the way I negotiate. I put all my cards on the table. I don't bluff. I don't try to gain upper hand in negotiating. I said, I, I'm telling this because if I'm the president of the Coyotes, I would want to know where the city is at. And uh, so we hung up the phone. Uh, they had conversations then for the next uh, several months. Um, we offered not only investing in the arena, uh, we also discussed putting some property in Westgate uh, near, uh, near the arena, uh, making that available for a long-term lease of a dollar a year so they could build a team headquarters and practice facility uh, that could also be used by the public. Um, they, you know, they just basically said this wasn't in their best interest. It was at that time then it was obviously became apparent that uh, we weren't going to make the progress towards a long-term deal. And that's when we decided let's go ahead and notify them as quickly as possible of what our intent is. Houston, the big headline in sports today. Coyotes about to leave Glendale, whether they like it or not. Yeah, some pretty big news. There's been talk about the Coyotes leaving Glendale for years, and it looks as though it is finally happening. Unable to get a long-term deal done, the city and team have been operating on a year-to-year basis since 2016, and today Glendale City Manager Kevin Phelps announced they are officially parting ways with the NHL team after this upcoming season. The Coyotes responded to the move, saying, quote, we are disappointed by today's union unilateral decision by the city of Glendale to break off negotiations on a multi-year lease extension agreement. And they added that they remain open to restarting good faith negotiations with the city. But when I spoke with Kevin Phelps earlier in the day, he told me he doesn't see that happening. I covered this story while working for 12 News here in Phoenix and spoke with Phelps the day the announcement was made. I can tell you that his account of how things played out hasn't changed. It seems like the Coyotes truly believed they would be able to get another short-term deal done. And when that didn't happen, it left them scrambling to find a new home. A lot of people thought that they would end up working out a deal with Glendale. And the Coyotes were among those. They really thought it was going to happen. They thought this was all negotiating ploy because Glendale had offered that 15 to 20-year lease. So they assumed they still want us. They're just, we need to work out the terms. This is a negotiation. The situation got even uglier in December of 2021. The Coyotes were behind on paying their bills to Glendale, and the city threatened to close the arena doors mid-season if they didn't pay them what they owed. The Coyotes said they missed their payments due to human error. But Phelps said that was far from the first time something like this had happened under current ownership. The, the issues of this current ownership group, uh, you know, paying their bills in a, in a timely manner, um, you know, I, I want to be clear, we did not experience that uh, same issue, say, when Andrew Barraway was the principal owner. We're right back at the table once again with having a significant amount of money being owed to us. And so the, then we get into, you know, um, we become aware of in, um, in the summer of 21 of last year, 
that not only, you know, have they been slow to pay us, but they hadn't been paying the state sales tax. And uh, so, you know, part of this, you know, you know, this, our, our concern about the relationship is that it's not, it wasn't one slip up. It's really been continually them, you know, challenging the arena manager for, you know, for every single charge and for not acknowledging that we've gone way out of a way to give them a very competitive lease agreement and to, and to give them a very competitive situation. Last year, Katie Strang of The Athletic wrote an in-depth article about an alleged toxic work environment under Morello that included accusations that the franchise wasn't paying vendors what they owed them. She interviewed more than 50 people associated with the Coyotes for the piece. I won't get into the exact contents of the article, but Phelps's claims certainly align with other accusations that are out there. To give you the other side of it, the team did write a strong statement against Strang's reporting. Gutierrez also had this to say about it. We're very disappointed. We believe it's mischaracterizations. It's sensationalizing things that are taken out of context. And really it, what it does is it really diminishes what we are doing uh, and all the great things that we have been focused on. We've been focused on investing in this organization. And we understand this was a turnaround. When Alex Morello bought this team, this was an organization that needed investment. It really needed a new vision and it, and it needed new people. And when you have a turnaround and you're trying to create a best-in-class organization, some people buy in and some people don't. And when some people don't buy in, that's what you have in terms of reporting like what we saw. Again, there are two sides to every story. We'll probably never know the full truth to any of this. Either way, the team's tumultuous relationship with the city finally came to an end. Phelps says this opens the door for more concerts and events to come to Glendale. He compared the now vacant arena's potential to that of the Forum in Englewood, California, the former home of the LA Lakers. One of the things that was communicated to me um, by the owner of the Coyotes early on was that when he builds his new arena, uh, that Glendale will never see another concert come, you know, come through its front doors. And, uh, you know, I kind of chuckled because the, uh, the forum was owned by AEG at one time when they uh, built LA live and built the, uh, the former, Staples Center, which is now the cryptocurrency.com arena. When they did that, they sold, uh, essentially sold the old forum. It eventually got purchased by Madison Square Garden. They came in and really disconfigured it for a concert-only venue. And in the last pre-pandemic, the last full year pre-pandemic, the forum was the number one grossing concert venue in the United States. On the other hand, the Coyotes were able to make a deal with Arizona State University, who's in the midst of building a 5,000-seat multipurpose arena to house their hockey, gymnastics, and wrestling teams, along with other on-campus events. It's a tremendous college facility, but a far less-than-ideal NHL arena. The team agreed to pay around $25 million in additional improvements to temporarily use the arena while they work on trying to build their own in Tempe. In a roundabout way, it looks to be a step forward for the franchise. But there is a ton riding on their future here in the next few years. After decades of questions about whether NHL hockey belongs in the desert and what it's going to take for it to be successful here, the questions are still valid. 
but the franchise might finally have the ingredients to make it all work. You need stable ownership. That's well-funded, right? And you need the right location. They haven't had either of those for the longest time. We'll see about Alex Morello. Indications are that he has the money. And the fact that he's willing to take the kind of losses he's going to take here to get this thing done makes me think he might. And he's got the sports gambling element too, right? He's, he's going to make a lot of money off sports gambling as all pro sports owners are here. So if they can get that deal done and they have stable ownership, then the last ingredient, of course, is winning. And you can't win when you don't have stable ownership, you don't have resources, you, you got to spend to win. So they haven't been able to do that in their West Side location. So if they can get on firm ground in Tempe with a stable ownership, we'll see. I mean, they've, they've, they've got a lot of, we know they're doing a rebuild. We know they've accumulated a lot of draft picks. So, and they have, without question, the best scouting staff I've ever seen in this franchise. So I know that's a lot of ifs, but that's their goal, right? Get it to Tempe get the draft picks, build the assets, and then they'll emerge from this at the right time to become a playoff team. I asked just about everyone I spoke with for this podcast at the end of our conversations if they believe the team can succeed in Arizona, and just about everyone had the same answer. Without a doubt, I think that if you, if you do it right here in the Valley, that you would not only become he would become one of the staple franchises in the league. There's no question in my mind. There is none whatsoever. The overall game, the NHL and what they've done with it, and the parody they've created, yes, I think that hockey in the desert is a no-brainer. I am praying they get this arena thing figured out because there's it's, it's only going up. Oh, 100%. I have no doubt in my mind after being there. So I, I, there's no doubt in my mind it could work. Now, whether it will happen, I'm, I'm hoping, selfishly, I'm hoping. I have a home in Scottsdale. I, I love going there. I, I, uh, I spend as much time as I can uh, down there. Um, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. That's a, there's a lot of history there, and uh, I, I, I hope uh, what the, the organization is uh, planning comes to fruition. The Valley loves its NHL team. The Coyotes have an incredibly passionate fan base. And Phoenix is one of the few cities with four professional franchises. The Coyotes made that possible. There are also people within the franchise that truly view it as much more than just a business. Shane Doan returned to work for the team in 2021. When I came back, it was because I'm like, you know what, I want to help. I want to find a way to make this thing kind of the way that we all think it can be. And, and, and it's not just me, it's the whole group of us that are part of the system here and part of the, the, the fabric of what makes the Coyotes the Coyotes. And um, kind of the little train that could, you know, let's just keep trying. <laughs> you think you can, you think you can. And, you, you know, you just keep trying and that's what it is. And I, I... Some people say that's the definition of insanity, right? Trying to do the same thing over and over and over again, getting them, you know, thinking the results will change. But I'm hopeful. It's instilled in me that you face adversity. You, when you face adversity, you have to persevere and have to keep trying. And when you persevere, that'll give you character. And when you get character, that'll give you hope. And hope will never ever disappoint you. So I guess that's what it is. And why? And I would be like, okay. 
Let's just keep trying. It's been a long, long road from Winnipeg to get here. And although it's good to understand the how and the whys along the way, it typically doesn't do any good to stay living in the past. It's time for Glendale and the Coyotes to move on to brighter futures. But we feel like we've rode this far enough that we want to stay, stick with it and we want it to work. And if it does, then you feel like you've been part of something bigger than yourself. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. We got to get the train going. If you're on it, get on board. If you're not, get out of the way! Get out of the way! We're doing it without you! That's how I feel about it all. Thank you so much for listening to the first series of the story. It would be super helpful if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave a review as we get this thing off the ground. Once again, I'm Cherson Soussel. Thanks for listening.